Hey, and welcome to another episode of Digital Noir Presents. I'm your host, Sam Davies, and I've got next to me, Christo Mabs. Hello. And uh, Mr. Nicholas Bozic. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Who do we talk to this week, Sam? We, I actually very luckily went out to my grandma, Ben, which is a... Uh, oh, yeah? Uh, she doesn't call it a restaurant, so uh, a cafe and a collective in Plant 4 at Bowdoin, mm-hmm. uh, run by Jesse Spivey and our friend Taylor, mm-hmm. um, and had a chat about Very cool. heaps of stuff, mm-hmm. food mostly, nice. which is good that for makes me, sense. and pickles, a lot of talk about pickles. Oh, I love oh, pickles. Yeah. They did love you get, pickling. Did you get free food? Did, did you get a lot you, of food as well? No, like I didn't actually get free food, so maybe... I got a beer though, so... I got that a beer. Was, okay, that's that still pretty good. good. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there would be like some tasting going on during the mm. talk. Oh, maybe we might have to go back out there and do it yeah, again. Be a lot of <laughs> do another podcast. Mm. Yeah, eating on camera. Eating on podcast is not yeah. not good. <laughs> the best podcast noise. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, really interesting. So um, Jesse obviously uh, was a master chef a few years mm-hmm. ago. Mm. Um, did really well, and then she's yeah kicking goals in the catering world, and then mm-hmm. opened up my grandma Ben, which is kind of a, an interesting concept. It's mm-hmm. I suppose not. Your typical kind of cafe it also mm-hmm. they have workshops which taylor's mm-hmm. running and um do a lot of classes around pickling and preserving and mm. sustainability yeah so like they focus a lot on the sustainability too don't they cool. big time yeah yeah cool um obviously we've spent a bit of time out in plant four and talked to jono in a previous podcast mm-hmm. so um it was interesting yeah, cool guy seeing it really cool guy mm-hmm. um they've been jesse's known his family i think for a long time so yeah um and they they're really big on community as well, so mm. yeah, a lot about community building and yeah, no, it's a cool area down there. It sounds like everyone's like super tight. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had something like that near my house. Yeah, I don't. Hmm. What's the what's the name? Like the origin of the name? My grandma Bam. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we talk about it in the in the chat, but um, yeah, it's, it, it. I mean, it's about her grandma. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. yeah so uh, let's let's jump in and uh, and have a listen. Thanks to Jesse and Taylor for. Having us out. Thanks, guys. Oh, Jesse and Taylor, it's so awesome to have you on the podcast. Sitting Thanks for having us. In my grandma, Ben. It's uh, the afternoon, so it's sort of winding down now. Um, this is the sort of kickoff time for you every day, sort of wind down now around four o'clock. Yeah, pretty much, uh, particularly on Thursdays. Yeah. On Wednesdays and Fridays, we go all the way through till night time. Okay, so, so Wednesday it's open late as well? Yeah, yeah, Wednesdays and Fridays. And then, yeah, during the weekends and Thursdays is pretty chilled around here, around from four o'clock yeah. onwards. That's quite nice in hospitality time. though, isn't it? Oh, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although we start early, so you win some, you lose some. Cool. So how long have you been open for now? Um, we've been open since – we opened on the 2nd of August, so – can you do maths in yeah, your head right now? Quickly. Yeah, it like has been really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, yeah. Months. nine, nine months. months. It doesn't feel like that long. I think because it was just before Christmas, and we do a lot of catering as well. It just flew past. Yeah, and then we're just going into like another whirlwind of big months, and then it will be a year before we know it. I reckon. Wow, will we'll be. But it was quite a long setup time as well, right? Like it would have felt. Uh, uh, yeah. your head's been in it for longer than the. Uh, uh, I think Taylor. <laughs> had been working with me almost a year by the time we really? finally opened. Long? Yeah, it was like 10 months or yeah. so. So it was a lot of setup. The build took a long time as well because we're dealing, you know, I'm used to dealing with small business and small business just says yes and does it tomorrow. Yeah. So when you're dealing, um, you know, with 
uh, councils and stuff like that it, and, you know, bigger landlords that have to get approval from other councils and mm. things. It all just took – it took forever just to get one step forward sometimes, which was a bit frustrating at the time. Oh, we can get political straight away then. Like, do you, do you think that <laughs> – um, like, Set me up. <laughs> but I've, I've talked to a few people that have opened, um, especially especially sort of uh, restaurants, like the, the loops you've got to jump through to get – I know, like, liquor licensing and just get all that stuff organised. And yeah. it doesn't seem like there's – it's not – obviously differs council to council, but, like, it's uh, – not exactly out there saying, yes, we want you know young people to open up businesses. And yeah, we were really actually quite lucky. There was no objections. It was just getting paperwork back. Yeah. So, you know, isn't it? yeah, you just, it has to go through about three people to just get one signature. Um, but no one objected. So it was really, that's cool. Yeah, it was actually quite a cruisy process. It was just a bit slow, um, which was probably, it kind of wasn't that bad. It kind of, we allowed us to kind of get a feel for the space, I guess, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I guess we were doing so many other things with catering yeah. at the time. It was kind of like we weren't just sitting here waiting for yeah. it to happen. It was sort sometimes secretly a good thing because it was <laughs> meant we could just do the catering and then come back and paint. Yeah. If you come into the space, you'll see these boxes of shelves, which Taylor and I painted over about a week and it was like the worst thing. <laughs> the most excruciating <laughs> thing of my life. But then we got really into it and really anal about it. Yeah. So. And yeah. I feel much happier when I look at them, mm. knowing we did it from scratch. It's yeah, nice, that's, so true. True. that's yeah. very true. Yeah, you see some of these people that, you know, get a, I don't know, studio ground fit out or whatever, and it sort of happens, and it's up. It'd be, it's like overnight. Yeah. yeah, it's just done. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, um, so 10 months in the making. So, I, I heard a lot about it from Taylor, sort of as it was, as it was happening. Sort mm-hmm. of, and it did feel like kind of a, a process, I suppose, going through that. Um, what was the initial spark, I suppose, for my grandma, Ben, as um, a concept? I guess the concept, it evolved a little bit over that year of planning and the initial concept for me, and it sort of still stayed true, was just to do something around community. The whole thing, I guess, started probably a year before and, you know, catering's great and you don't have much waste because you know what you're cooking. Yeah. But I really wanted to do something that was a little bit more meaningful um, in terms of being able to give back. So okay. I looked at making plates and so you buy a plate to help fill someone else's plate. Yeah, cool. And then I couldn't quite get the logistics to work with that to do it ethically in Australia with it being at all cost effective. Yeah. And so then it kind of migrated into a bit more of like a magazine um, sharing grandma skills and trying to like connect community a little bit like that. And then it kind of evolved into a cafe and then Taylor came in involved in that part. So... I guess that hasn't really made any sense at all, but in my head it kind of makes logic <laughs> sense. Like what we're doing here is sort of a combination of heaps of different ideas. So, so like a, a restaurant or a cafe wasn't your initial sort of spark. It was more about community and sharing. Yeah, more a space. space. I did, at the start I really had a problem calling it a cafe, yeah. which now I don't because it is. Um, and I had a big problem calling it a restaurant because I don't really want to be a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to have a space where people can come and have a coffee, read a book and sit all day like you do in the pubs in England. Okay. And I want people to kind of um, engage with the space, not just coming in and eating, but, you know, like sharing their produce with us and we can teach people how to pickle things. So it will kind of grow into being something more than just um, somewhere people just come and eat and go. Yeah. yeah. That's the long-term vision. So, so you're in uh, plant four here in Adelaide. So we had a chat with John a while ago now, but it, I mean, and that's a big core thing for them, right? Like family and community mm. and trying to build a, yeah, I suppose a bit of a hub, right? In, in, in this area here. Yeah, I think I, um, while we've, I've worked with um, the Katsakis family for a really long time now. Mm. 
Um, so I've been the event caterer here or one of the contract caterers since they opened. Yeah. And, you know, I really admire people that, you know, they might not get it right every step of the way, but they really do have the best intentions. Yeah, so they sure. said no to easy rent from a Baker's Delight or a Domino's Pizza and tried to support people that are up and coming and doing proper business practices like Emma from The Lost Loaf making beautiful artisan sourdough. Yeah, cool. She probably couldn't have get it, got her business started in that way if she hadn't had the help from them and yeah. I'm the same as well. Yeah, and I think you need that support and it's so easy for landlords to accept, you know, a Baker's Delight or whatever sort of insert. And the UK, you can see it's sort of just gone, the high streets have all just become so homogenized. Oh, yeah, they're all the and same. And you've just lost that kind of, you know, that traditional, you know, your butcher or your, your greengrocer and, and that's happening here now as well. Mm. So it's nice to see a kind of resurgence of that. Mm. Do you feel that there, I suppose outside of kind of, you know, um, certain communities, do you feel like there's generally in the public people are more interested in that kind of stuff again? Like actually coming and seeing people doing... Um, you know. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. We have so many people say that they just love um, like our philosophy and the vibe and like the community we're trying to create. Um, and just having, you know, every now and then when you get those customers who are so engaged in like exactly what we're trying to do and they just like get it, you sort of think, oh, it's, mm. everything's worth it. And there are more people like that popping up. And it's a broad demographic as well, particularly in Bowdoin. Um I find it really interesting that our clientele, there's certain types of people we can tell who they're going to be, but they're all very different. Okay. So it's the middle-aged, um, like our parents' aged yeah, people yeah. that are just, you know, maybe realising that they're... Just looking for they a nice time as well. Yeah, just they? want to yeah. chill. They want to do something. They've realised kind of that maybe they've had it good for a long time and now they want to sort of be a bit more mindful about what they do, yeah. but still yeah. enjoy good food. And then we have people just, I guess, like versions of us that come in a lot. Um, yeah. And a lot of um, there's a lot of young couples around Bowdoin as well, so we seem to attract like a yeah a young and then older like yeah. <laughs> not as many forty yeah, to fifty. Yeah, a lot of younger, but then like also retirees and stuff moving into the apartments and that mm. sort of thing. So um, it's kind of a good it's a good mix. Mm. I like our demographic. Yeah, we love our it's demographic. Nice. They're it's super really nice group of people. Yeah. <laughs> I was chatting with, had another podcast last night, but we were talking about like the, the, the mental shift between sort of the boomer, our, our parents' generation and, and their parents and, you know, some of the stuff that you guys are doing, like, like pickling and, and canning and I suppose using, you know, sustainability, they didn't think about it like that. It was just necessity, mm -hmm. right? And I suppose passed down from their parents more so. And so I think some of our parents did it, but then it kind of got lost a bit maybe in the, mm, the yeah. boom of the 80s and the 90s. And you're right, maybe they're coming back to that and now. Convenience. And convenience. I think, yeah. you know, there is a nostalgia attached to um, preserving. And I do think it is in some ways, um, I hope it isn't just a fad. Yeah. But I do think people are really on board with it now. But for us, it's more than just um, sort of harping on to a trend it's yeah. more just trying to shift a little bit of a mindset so i think what what we're trying to do and what the name reflects is it's more the type of person that our grandparents were mm. so it was more um i guess respectful of the seasons and the fact that you know getting a lime might be you know a real treat or an avocado yeah. like i remember my grandma pretending that they didn't taste good so the kids didn't want them because they only could have one a year <laughs> and like celebrating the strawberries that would grow so beautifully where she lived in Tasmania. Yeah, cool. And just I think that's kind of what we're trying to really do is just get people to slow down and just, you know, go, hey, how lucky are we are to have such beautiful produce and it's perfectly ripe and in season and it's not imported from somewhere else and just, you know, think a little bit more. Yeah, not to think of food as as such a disposable thing yeah. I suppose like as an Instagram um, post <laughs> yeah like you know you might use part of something but people just throw away the rest of it 
without even thinking this could be a whole other beautiful thing if yeah. you just put a little bit more thought into it. Mm. I think the big shift for me was when we were living in London, but we, we had this little, we we're in like a council estate. And there was this all this dirt out the front. I was like, we should plant some stuff there. And we, we took it all over, the whole front of it, and planted potatoes and oh, tomatoes. And it had a really good little garden. Um, and it was quite interesting because, like, the whole sort of, especially the older people in the neighborhood, it was, it was kind of, it was like South London, it was kind of dodgy. But everyone was like, wow, this is really cool. And, like, mm. people kind of got behind it a bit. But as soon as you start growing your own produce, you sort of, you, you understand that, right? Like, if there's all these great you know, zucchinis mm. there, you don't want to waste them. Yeah, so you you're appreciate gonna, it a lot more. Yeah, like, make soup or, you know preserve them some way or give them away but you sort of appreciate yeah i suppose the the fact that they're not always going to be there mm. and you're not going to have them in winter either so and i think that, it, that that our grandparents and before that generation i suppose it wasn't a trend thing then it was just that's just what it was right mm. like you, you don't get limes in adelaide probably at that stage yeah so just make the <laughs> yeah. most of it i think that's really one of those the community garden thing yeah. um it's really big in sydney and yeah. it's sort of starting to pop up a little bit yeah, I've around, around adelaide. The place, yeah. Yeah, it's really too. cool there's a place up in salisbury because they've got really big blocks often in the yeah. old um housing trust houses there and there's a community that's joined them all together and has built um like a, a edible forest yeah, which cool. i just think is the coolest thing if you can grow a, you know a whole garden of stuff that you can eat in that dry dirt up there, then, you know, you can surely yeah. grow stuff in Anything. your own backyard as well. I always thought they should have done that in the, like the old Laconius block in North Adelaide. Yeah. You know? why, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, that, that could have been huge. Yeah. That would be kind of nice rather than having, lawn. what is it even? It's lawn now. Is it? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. It's just a big park. Oh. I think they're the <laughs> so green. The development <laughs> I'm just sitting here looking at you like, that seems it's crazy. Like a huge waste of yeah. I should yeah. do at least something with a part of it. And why wouldn't you try and activate? I mean, that, yeah. I think that's just a they'll probably make another thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what they'll try and do. Um, so, so going to I suppose like what are some of the things that you do here, at my grandma Ben? To I suppose you know uh, work on that philosophy and like what, what's some of the dishes that you're cooking? Um, well, I guess the the mindful of waste side of things has come from accidents a little bit. Um, yeah, so definitely. at the start, we're making big batches of marmalade because that's we were waiting to open. So we just got all these oranges. <laughs> yeah, the and everyone was giving us <laughs> so, so much citrus. citrus. There's so many grapefruit. So we're still... Um, oh, we actually managed to get through a fair bit of it, but all we had about 10 litres. Yeah. There's still a few There's still a few there. That's yeah, gonna definitely going like to get us to winter. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the batches we made failed and became a really beautiful syrup. So okay. we decided to utilize that into a few different things and became one of our signature drinks at the start, which was the marmalade soda. And then it was also um, uh, part of our fruit bread glaze for a bit. Yeah, and the fruit easy. bread also has um, Jody, the head chef, her partner works at Pirate Life, okay. like the beer oh, you're drinking yes, right nice. now. <laughs> and um, she's able to get some of the spent grains they use to make beer. So we make a, a like a flour out of them and use it to make yeah, the bosh cool. and put it into the fruit bread. Okay. Um, there's some things that, um, you know, we are a cafe and so we do, not everything is made from something else. So, yeah. but we do try our best to utilize as much as we can. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing, oh, there's like, we're always using the leftover kimchi saucy dregs and making it into a bit more of a sticky syrup for another dressing, um, which I is pretty tasty. Yeah, just looking at things and thinking what we can 
make out of it, not maybe specifically for a dish yeah. or something, but like where can we use it up? Um, we, you know, marinate a lot of veggies in oil and stuff and then reuse that oil in dressings and it's got so much flavour. Mm. Like normally people would just chuck that out. Yeah. All um, our old herbs, like we garnish with herbs and then anything that's like on its last few legs will move into the salsa verde. So it's okay. kind of always got another place to go on the menu yeah, yeah. It's everything and we've we've got into a really good rhythm of that now mm. took a while to figure out yeah as things do when you open and people just sometimes turn up with just stuff and then you're like <laughs> oh my god so now we're in a bit of a rhythm so you know um i've we sort of tell people if you've got lots of like two bags worth of fruit from your tree just shoot us a text so we've got a heads up and then <laughs> we'll we can jar we'll it for it. you and then we'll return half and keep half so rather than so that's just, something you do yeah that's so cool. I didn't know that. at the start we we're just doing a bit of a trade but I think what's working really well is people kind of, you know, they get inundated with peaches and they heaps and then they don't necessarily not want them, but they can't get through them. Yeah. So we had a couple bring in some peaches. So we were able to give them back some so they could still enjoy them, but we got to use them as well in the granola and they're beautiful. Yeah, cool. Perfectly ripe. Yeah. So that's something I think will um, that will continue to grow, I think, because that sort of seems to yeah. be something that the community around here, that a lot of them are really great gardeners. There's some really so beautiful gardens. So many great gardeners in Bowdoin. Mm. And some people don't want stuff back because they're just like, oh, we've just got, you know, much, five yeah. bunches of parsley. Or they can do you it themselves. Yeah. It? Yeah. yeah, they pickle them. Um, so sorts. we can usually find a use from pretty much everything. Yeah, we given. don't waste much. And we also are quite happy to, like Taylor lives with a few housemates and um, <laughs> my partner, or like, he eats, like or we, we can't reuse a pie, but it's, you know, on its last day, yeah, but we certainly eat it at home. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one complains about you taking food home, that's no, for sure. No, it, I, You don't need to have that big a garden to have too much you know mm-hmm. for, for, a, for a household like it'd be, yeah. you, can, you can grow a lot mm. it's actually yeah it's crazy how much i've been doing pickles the last couple of years and yeah you're like, a great um pickler i, I like pickling mm. i like pickling i'm interested to know about the your uh, canning process like do you, it's just hot water bath or do you yeah have, yeah we do have a vicola as well which yeah. we've done um we've got some uh, mandarin jars behind us and that's just in um in water okay um so that you know, that's a different system, but it's all the same result, but you don't have to use um, vinegar or yeah. um, salt. You don't have to you add can, any acid, yeah. Yeah, it's it just, just needs to be an acidic. The stuff without fruit. acid I find is more difficult. Like tomatoes, I don't know, most of the tomatoes, we did cherry tomatoes this year, they were okay, but mm. some get uh, mold on them, so. Yeah. yeah. Did you, when you In a cola? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can just put like a couple of tablespoons of vinegar or a bit of citric okay. acid. That would f- I would recommend that because... Um, just even just to save them, but yeah. just to be safe with something like a tomato that's not super acidic. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to get like botulism. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny people. Uh, well, actually, I, I think people don't freak out about botulism, botulism as much as they should. It it's, sounds like a horrible word. Yeah, it's also yeah. not always like obvious, is it? No, I think that's why yeah. it's scary and it breeds. So we shouldn't be talking about yeah. this in, in the podcast. <laughs> but I think it breeds in between the safe zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. But I worked yeah. at this in this pub in London, and they had like garlic in olive oil, chilies in olive oil, and the stuff just sat there for mm. forever. Yeah, like, you know, I do worry bar. when I see a bit of stuff like yeah. that. Because I think those things where there's, there's there's no sort of acidity in it at all. No, it's yeah. just oil. It is still the oil that I, when we were reading up on it, the oils. The kind of what they recommend's changed as well now. Yeah, has it? Um, I guess, yeah, people just leave stuff on their shelf thinking it's in oil. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so 
yeah, you do definitely have to get through things. But I think once you get into it, then it's not that hard to, to, to mm. get through it, right? Yeah, it also depends on like, because we've had to learn, we've had a big learning curve as well, making things um, like the pH levels okay for like selling retail is yeah. totally different to if you were going to just make a pickle and put it on a dish and serve it in the cafe. Yeah, sure. It doesn't have to have, to have the same standards. Yeah. So we've learned a lot about that mm. and pH and canning and yeah a lot of reading and I mean anything with these old techniques like fermenting or pickling or even jamming like there's just everyone's got a slightly different version so yeah. you know there's a lot of different ways you can go about it and there's no real right or wrong no um you know if you're at home and doing it yourself you know just trust your nose that's what I always tell people yeah, like, if it look, doesn't look right then it's not right yeah, you know just don't don't eat it don't take risks it's the same thing with charcuterie we've done a little bit of it but um you know it's, it's obviously there's, there's dangers around it but it, it's a similar thing right like you, you do the research you know you, you don't leave it hanging in a 40 degree room but there's mm. um you know you, you can control if you've got a reasonably good controlled environment then you can get away with it mm. Oh, canning is heaps fun. There's so much cool stuff you can do. It's it's, it's easy, right? You don't need to have any special no, equipment. No, you can literally have a pot on the stove. Oh, yeah. And for those who don't know, like canning is putting it in a jar because I think people Jarring. think you're putting it in a can. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so it's like <laughs> super Jarring. easy. You get jars from Ghana's for a dollar and you can preserve a million different things. Question for you. And this, this, is probably, this is probably a different uh, podcast than we're normally talking about. We're going to do marketing and uh, <laughs> tech afterwards. But um, with the – so the, the seal on the lid. So the Ghana's jars don't don't have the like the pressure seal on them do they they don't have the button yeah. but they have the um seal on the inside so it's, it's just so it's a yeah. one-time seal on the inside yeah yeah okay, you just cool. have to soften them yeah like you normally do yeah in water okay they don't have a button but it's still the same like you can tell because when it comes it out it looks yeah. like a dome and then it's forgetting like people can't see the actions yeah. of it. it looks like this <laughs> <laughs> describing words. yeah what's the word concave Con- I was, that's why I'm way. saying it looks like a Not dome the opposite goes the other concave. way yeah the opposite of concave I get confused convex convex something mm. like that what's the, what's convex the, is the opposite of concave that rings a bell what's from like high school maths you fill up a glass full of water and there's a you know I think that's convex because your eyes the lens in there isn't it's that convex? convex. Okay, yeah. let's move on. Fun <laughs> <laughs> um, so outside of the the, the pickling, so there's some other cool stuff on your menu. So you use um, carp, for example. So trying to use, I suppose, ingredients that aren't necessarily um, you know out there on, on restaurant or cafe menus mm. that often. That's something I think um, when we we're planning the menu at the start that it was almost a non-negotiable for me. Okay catering side I can be a little bit more flexible um, because I've sort of agreed to do people's weddings two years in advance but we do always make sure that our meat is as ethical as we can get it and in the cafe we just use um, some uh, fish like carp or kurung wallet and then we've got a kangaroo is our only protein which was well we've just changed supplier but okay hang on that's weird, sorry. Our supplier went bankrupt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard Gunner, who I'm oh, sure yeah, a lot so of restaurants yeah, yeah. are struggling at the moment to yeah. find a new supplier. But we were using Paru, which is a wild shot kangaroo. Yep. Um, and we'll go back to them, I think. Um, but they're really, really good. So, um, yeah, things like peat, beef, lamb and pork and chicken was not really having on our menu. Yeah. Um, and purely just to try and change the focus of like bacon and eggs. Yeah, sure. Um, and people do, I mean, I think plant four is a bit unique. Um, people are quite open to different things here. Yeah. So every now and again, 
you have to try and like convince someone that it tastes like it's just going to be fine. Yeah. You're not going to die <laughs> if you don't bake it on your breakfast. But everything is so full of flavor and there's different layers in all the dishes. And it's, you know, I'd, we've never had someone not being able to find something they can't, something they can't eat on the yeah, menu. Yeah, there's pretty much something for everyone on the menu. And it's really, I love when people taste the roux or something that they haven't ever tried kangaroo before. Yeah. And then they ask the question, well, why do you have it on your menu? And, you know, you've got that short short time but enough time to explain, like, the ethical and sustainable reasons behind it. Yeah. And, you know, then and there you've educated someone mm. and they might go home and, I don't know, cook kangaroo for their family or something. It's all those little things. Do you still think there's a, I mean, like, local Adelaide people, still there's still that kind of... Uh, I don't know, looking in a room and being like, well, I'm not going to eat that. Do you it's think our people? national yeah. emblem or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've, we've always eaten kangaroo at, yeah. at home or since it, you know, since it became readily available from the, from the markets. I, I think yeah. we're pretty good here. Um, we're getting there. It, I think it's taken some time. but I think in, in Bowdoin and being close to the city, yeah. um, I think the demographic is very used to seeing native ingredients pop up. Yeah. Like people generally know Muntries or Saltbush or something. Yeah, sure. Um, so I do think we're quite unique, I think, compared to some other cities in Australia in that sense that we're so much smaller and we our regions are so much closer mm. so you kind of know where your food's coming from a little bit and think people here kind of generally do know where where their meat's grown yeah um, I might be just generalizing with my world of people and people I deal with but I, I agree do though it is a more um I think we do. We are a bit more switched on about where things have come from. Mm. There's a mental shift, I think, and I think yeah. there's obviously been a huge shift away from meat as sort of been the primary sort of protein. But I think you know, people that are still meat eaters, myself included, you know, and the way that we want we deal with it in barbecue is like wanting to okay, we're going to Caleb a butcher on our team, and, and you know, we know everything comes from, and mm. and that I think that provenance of the meat is really important, right? Mm, um, and, and trying not to waste stuff, and I think. I think if you're going to eat meat, then that's probably the the way to think about it is at least, okay, we'll at least know where this is coming from and having some sort of sustainability there as opposed to it just being a you know, big factory. I think for for me, I think the, the menu here kind of reflects how I eat in a way. So none of it, like Taylor is the same um, and Jody's probably a little bit, slightly bit more meat eater than us, but I don't really eat meat. I don't really cook meat at home. Mm. Um, I do cook it a lot, obviously in the business, yeah. um, particularly the catering side of the business. But, you know, I, like, I think the menu, the meat dishes is maybe 10%. Okay. And so my way of thinking is if we can get everyone to convert to having meat once a week instead yeah. of just meat free Mondays, and that's a really good step forward to sustainability and yep. for the planet. So, you know, even in the catering side, when we still have a, a protein as the hero of the dish, we make sure that it's kind of still a quarter of the dish. So it's a bit of a trick. Um, sure. So it's not just a slab of meat and just trying to be a bit more mindful about portion sizes and because um, sometimes it's harder, um, particularly with like weddings and things to... Mm you know get people over the line with doing something like kangaroo yeah um but yeah the menu inside the cafe is definitely um it's definitely vegetarian focused um which i think is something that like i'm really proud of that it's you wouldn't even look at it and know that you're missing out yeah. if you are a big meat eater and look for me on the menu mm. but i think i think i think even people that are big meat like it's a it's just a mind state, right? Like you, I'm expecting to have bacon or mm. I'm expecting to have... But it, it, if true. someone just serves you something and it's delicious, then who cares, right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. We find at home, 
like we, when we say like right let's try to let's meet or whatever and, and and you do you know a couple of weeks just sitting we're like what what we don't mm. need the meat right like the meat's easy i think mm. is the problem i think i think that's one of the things it's like it's easy to grill a pork chop or it's easy to grill yeah you know something that's just like as opposed to you probably have to put a little bit more effort in to make um you, you don't have to but to make it that you know d- a delicious broccoli dish let's say and then you eat it and you're like wow this is actually it might incredible. just be what you're used to too yeah I think it's so. definitely it's what, like it's i grew up though. in a well my mum's been vegetarian her whole life yeah. so i grew up like not really eating meat at home my dad eats a bit of meat but like once a month yeah, and it's sure. always like a you know something you spent a day doing <laughs> or like a big thing yeah. which is how i've like you know appreciated where the um animals come from a bit more i think yeah. um but for me when when you're saying that i'm like thinking the opposite yeah. i'm like i don't know what to do to put meat in this like just give me like you a have your box of vegetables too. and i'm good yeah i'm the same i'm like so it's just a mind state thing right it's just yeah. what you know and i think a few more ideas up people's sleeves with yeah. like veggie options and stuff it's not like, just pasta yeah um you just got to get into a change of habits, really. So that's something that you guys do as well as run classes and workshops and I suppose try and uh, like spread the, the knowledge that you have. Mm. Yeah. So Taylor does a lot of work with the workshops. Um, I'm yeah, really grateful that she has taken that in her stride. So I'll let her tell you about it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to be me talking. No, that. That's okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. So we mainly teach about like preserving, pickling, fermenting, that side of things. Um, because people love it and they just keep on coming back for more, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, and But we do it by the season. So each class will have like um, a staple that we do, like a kraut or a fermented thing. Yep. Um, and then something seasonal that we pickle and preserve. Um, so every class is like a bit different, but it sort of goes around that core um, yeah, that core theme. And we do like kimchi classes as well, which is proving really popular. So we do that a veggio way without like fish sauce and stuff. Yep. So um, there's also like a really big veggio and vegan like demographic who come to Bowdoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sort of look at what's happening at Plant Four, uh, and, you know, our events will pop up and stuff. Um, but yeah, we haven't really gone outside of the pickling, fermenting, preserving workshops okay. at the moment the compost scarves oh yeah well. we've we've had a few guests um teachers come in to do um th- things around food waste and that sort of thing um like uh the compost scarves mm. so using food scraps that would have gone in the bin um and things foraged flowers and leaves and stuff cool. um so it naturally stained silk scarves yeah, okay. scarves, oh, really? that's yeah cool. which that, was really popular that's a lot of fun yeah um, the dates seem to fill up quite quick so you know we we've looked we've locked in our dates now for the next three like june, june yeah days. till end of june-ish so we generally do which at the start we were wanting to do them fortnightly but it's sort of um yeah, we just we we just have other stuff going on, so we do them as often as we can. Or there'll be a big event on at Plant Four that means that we can't hold our own thing. Um, so we kind of monthly, yeah, yeah, and then maybe the kimchi will kind of slot in in between there as well. So yeah, but there's lots of the dates. Kimchi. We make dumplings in the kimchi class as well. Um, so yeah, we I'd like to come to the kimchi. Yeah. yeah. It's Honestly, fun. they're all so much fun. I feel like so you know fun. how to make your own kimchi already, though. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how to do it with the, like, vegetarians, so... It's fun. Yeah. It's just a fun class, even if you know a little bit about stuff. Yeah. And I guess we're really flexible with, depending on the group we get in. Um, we'd like to go... Well, I like to go 
a bit in depth with like fermenting and stuff because yeah. I feel like people want a little bit of that background and the science behind it. I think that's important to understand why what is happening to your food yeah, is happening. Sure. Yeah. Um, sometimes people want really, really in-depth and we can, you know, chat through more stuff. Some people just want to come and have a good time. Yeah. That's fine as well, you know. We like generally find people sort of ask questions as we're going along and you can kind of read the crowd. But in the bigger groups with the pickling and the fermenting, it's really good because you kind of walk away with like a haul of stuff that you can easily do again at home. Yeah, and cool. then if people have more questions, they, you know, Taylor, um, I'm sort of more of a feeling cook. Taylor um, and her mum have done lots of really sort of quite high level fermenting workshops. So she's got a really good um, technical knowledge, yeah. um, which is really, really good for some of our um, people that have done the fermenting side before. Whereas yeah, I'm just like, use your nose. If it smells yeah. good, it's good. If it tastes <laughs> it looks right, like it's done. This, it's good to yeah. Go. But yeah, the science is really throw interesting. It, throw curvy questions at you, and you kind of have to sort of know how to but there's a certain yeah. element there where especially with the, the the sort of live fermenting where you have to have some balances right like yeah. you can't just sort of wing it oh yeah. no yeah. yeah no we don't i'm yeah don't but wing I, that I, part I, I'm but the, the winging the yeah the the process is so i like a really sour ferment so i leave mine for ages okay. um taylor probably gets hers off a little bit quicker than me yeah. um so it's really interesting that you you know you can't really i just love that it's uh, it changes every day. It's like mm. a living yeah. little thing, and, and it you know, continually amazes me as well. Like I did a big batch of kraut this morning, by the way. So oh, did got, you? Like, so oh, much good. Kraut. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and every time I do it, I think like, oh, I have to do like because we do huge like ten kilo batches at a time, mm, wow. and by hand, yeah, it's wow. a hot takes all morning. Mm. But I'm still, I feel so satisfied at the end of it because I'm like, this is gonna be so delicious mm. and i'm literally just adding salt cabbage and putting it in a dark room for three that's weeks that's so crazy that's how and i feel it still amazes me yeah when, you, look excited, at the, right? when yeah. you see it all jarred up and you know at the moment we've been working really hard to try and make our um, shelves a lot fuller and you just i don't know i get this such a satisfaction of being like hey that's like a moment it's no effort really for long-term positive gains wait, wait, <laughs> for the for the Listeners at home are surrounded by it. a lot of zucchini. I can see you've done zucchini. Yeah, zucchini recently. Yep. We've been trying yep. to do so much zucchini. Zucchini I'm, looks I'm really good. Scared that is that like a, is that like more of kind of a, a, a bread and butter kind of turmeric? Yeah, like turmeric mustard. Yeah, yeah, nice. seed. Yeah. It's quite it's semi sweet but quite savory. Where okay. we love it, um, and we're doing that in our next workshop as well. But we are hoping to make enough to last, mm. like we did with our marmalade, to last for the next season. Yeah, that's awesome. my. I don't reckon we'll get there. <laughs> it's gonna. Be, we need way more shelves. I did another batch this morning. But to be honest, we're going through. We, a we're lot using of them. it on. We put it on the side of our um, yeah. eggs on toast and yeah. on just our so toasties. So how good is like pickles oh, and so eggs? Good. Is so good. It's so really good, and the color because the turmeric is quite vibrant with the zucchini. Just adds this beautiful color pop. Yeah, I'm addicted. Maybe we should put something else on the, one of them and then we might survive. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking we need to hold Stash back a few the jars away. A bit. Yeah. <laughs> or we do have some. Few. You can see giant ones yeah, yeah, yeah. on the shelves there. But to be honest, it doesn't doesn't last long once you open that. Mm. That, that stuff's a great thing for, especially in this area with like, like young parents to come and, you know, as an exercise to go through with your kids and sort of get them excited about, you know, and I suppose showing them that the process of, right, mm. you know, we can take this, this, this uh, fruit or this vegetable and, you know, make it into this other thing that's going to last. I think we're going to have to do a kid's thing Yeah, you soon. should. A lot of people have been asking yeah. us yeah. about that. 
Um, it would be fun. It would be fun. They're pretty... It could also be, like, totally just hectic. It would be but hectic. But <laughs> be keep fun. it simple. They can just put their little veggies, like, in the jar. I've done yeah. a couple at Westfields and they get really involved because they get to measure out the spices and, yeah. you know, choo- you can choose what you do. It's so, you know, it's so... You can't really do go too wrong unless you put way too much, you know, cardamom in or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's a pretty safe thing to do. Mm. It is a lot of fun. Mm. We still get, like, we still have so much fun when we teach the classes. That's good. I always think, like, oh, you know, one day we'll get sick of it maybe. Mm. But every class comes around and it's, like, a really, really good feeling. Because yeah. people are so engaged with what you have to say. Yeah, it's quite um, uplifting kind of in a weird you, like, way. hope for <laughs> <laughs> the world. Yeah. So, it sounds so lame, but it's so true. It's We generally have a really lovely bunch of people Um you know, that are chosen to be there. Yeah, um, no one books into these things and, like, doesn't want to come. Well, it's like a boring seminar. Sometimes there is maybe... A husband. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or someone who's, like, clearly been dragged along. But, yeah. you know, you just got to butter them up a bit and, yeah. and we eventually give wine. get in. <laughs> that helps. That helps. <laughs> yeah, wine and nibbles and it's a really fun time. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, you've got an engaged audience there and they're, they're willing to learn and uh, it's exciting, right? Mm, yeah. Like, 10 months into this journey now i suppose more so from the like you've got a commercial aspect to it as well right so setting up a community with this you know i suppose higher ideals of things that you sort of want to get out there how does that pair with running a business and you know the i suppose the day-to-day realities of making you know ends meet well it's definitely ease like i feel um once we got through the christmas madness um i personally feel like we're able to forward planning we kind of got used to it a little bit I think I got some really good advice from a few different um, business owners um, so Aaron from the Aristologist and, yeah, Ro cool. and Rose who has the middle store I was just you know the first two weeks we opened I was thinking to myself that I had like ruined my life because it was just I felt like it was just not <laughs> it was really just, like hard keeping everything together and then just think like I get so many emails just like so many so many emails and then now I kind of feel like it's actually I don't know why it was so hard. So it's just we so hadn't cheering. got our rhythm yet. Like we literally opened with like half a kitchen set up yeah, in yeah. there. No, patient, like I think. we didn't even have hot water for a while. Like it was a really stressful first month. Mm. Um, oh, um, anyway, um, <laughs> it was like a week, but yeah, it was pretty. Short. Oh yeah. Well, it, it just everything seems so much more extravagant in mm. your mind when you think back, but. We did a pretty good job. And we're only little. Imagine actually opening something massive. Yeah. yeah. But I think, um, but you things know. that you just, like, you don't, I think you don't plan for, you know, it's just you're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize I had to do all mm. these things that, you know, just it, sort of pop you up. Learn yeah. along the way. Yeah. Just ordering certain things. I think doing the catering definitely helped. I was okay. used to running that sort of side of things. Yeah. But, yeah, I think going forward, I'm, you know, really excited to work on some new projects within the space and keep growing the, the community side as well as the cafe side. Yeah. Um, I think it's me. Sorry. Um, and it's good, isn't it? Yeah, I <laughs> think, you know, just growing the some of our um, recipe content and some of our website engagement and the workshops as well. And, you know, we've been really lucky that we're doing workshops as part of Tasting Australia. So I think we'll, you know, keep trying to do more of those sort of things and get outside of just being in our little space yeah. and start moving it around a little bit more and, Spreading the word, I guess. So we've got Tasting Australia coming up. So you're heavily involved? Yes, we are 
uh, every year I feel like I'm not really doing much and then I just overcommit and now we're <laughs> doing so much. So we've got a lot. I'm, I'm really lucky to be an ambassador again this year. Cool. Um, so through that, Grandma Ben's been able to get on the bill of some really amazing things. So we're doing a dinner, the most, I'll start with the most exciting, the glass house dinner um, awesome. with um, some incredible chefs that will be amazing. So the whole team's going to go, um, that's the Thursday for Coast. And then we're doing an event at Alphabox and Dice on the Friday with Taste the Alphabet, which we did last year as well. Um, that's pretty much sold out. So there's a few tickets left, but you can get um, an opportunity to buy like their museum stock and stuff that, you know, they lost heaps in the fire. Yeah. So it's like a rare opportunity. Yeah, cool. And then we're doing little workshops at TAFE. Taylor and I are doing that one. And we're doing the Schnitty Night. Yeah, the schnitty night. Which will be fun. It will be fun. We're doing carp <laughs> schnitties. So if you are interested to try carp, it's actually pretty freaking delicious. And it's not, oh, nice. at, you know, everyone's, when you catch it when you're a kid yeah. off the murray and it's muddy and gross. It's not like that. So come and give that a go. And it's going to be fried. Yeah, it's going to be fried with be chips. Like, where's that? Where's the, where's um, the schnitty They're actually the having stag. the stag. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. But there's, um, so I think Poe's doing a... The beef schnitty, Saskibia's doing the chicken. chicken. And there was someone else and I've forgotten that, which is terrible. Someone's doing beef. Is it Kane? Kane. Yeah. No. Is it Kane Pollard from Top Prairie? I know he's doing our dinner. Yes, potentially. Yes, I think Kane. Anyway, bunch of chefs. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're, you know, 700 people over the whole night. Yeah, so cool. it's 40 minute time slots and yeah, I don't cool. know. It's going to be in, ridiculous. Eat your Get out. Get yeah. out. <laughs> I've never been to Top Area. Is that, 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 I've been like teacher uh, like yes, up that way, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've not been. That way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. I haven't been either, but I've heard. I've heard like, good yeah, things. Really I went things. a while ago. Yeah. I'm really excited actually to um, meet him because he's doing, he does a, a restaurant version of what we do. Okay. So um, he's always getting figs from a local person and I just saw his Instagram post the other day. And so I think we'll have a really fun tasting Australia um, meeting hopefully some like-minded people. It's an exciting event. Like it, it just seems to be getting better and better mm. as well. Like it's a really uh, good program this yeah. year actually. Mm. Yeah. Some really cool They've really refined happening. it. Sort of I think there was one year, the first year I was involved, it was a really big, yep. like massive program. Then they've kind of curated it into being really um, – you know, everything's got everything's unique and different. So there's no you're not trying to sell, you know, three hundred events, it's a bit less yeah. and it's their quality and anyone can be involved, which is the best thing. So, you know, for next year any small businesses out there or little restaurants, put on your own event, get in the program and okay. it's such an opportunity to get supported by SATC. Yeah. Um, you know, and get in the program and I don't know. I'm being an ambassador now, but I just really think that they're doing a really they, good they job. They do do a good job, though. I, I love all the stuff that's connecting the state too, right? So you're going down to Kunawara. Yeah, Kunawara's... Well, that, um, that's outside of that. So, yeah, it's outside yeah. of that, but it falls within the timeline. Yeah. There's other events going on down there. You may have already been there. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on when this goes live, we're going to pretend like it was obviously a really Incredible good sellout event. Um, but no, we're doing a VIP, down at pa- a VIP dinner down at Patrick's of Kunawara and they do a lot of really cool stuff down there in the Limestone Coast and we'll be working with some of their local producers as well. I think like the more we bring, like just in our family, like people from overseas and you, you, like when I first brought my wife over and we, we did the your Peninsula, we did KI, Fluoro, like it, you want to get those out and see where all this cool stuff's mm. actually coming from and happening because it, it's amazing. Like oh, we're pretty lucky. We're so ridiculously spoiled. Yeah, I I got married recently and we stayed down Congrats. at. Yeah, I just hate that word. And anyway, <laughs> don't know how to segue into the story without mentioning it. But we stayed um, down at Selig Beach yeah. and I had this moment when my friend was DJing. Phil actually. Oh yeah, cool. Um, and it was blue and 
just this gorgeous view. And I just thought to myself, if we were in Europe right now, I'd be, yeah. you know, we're so lucky. 100%. I can't believe we're here. And we have all of this beautiful um, hills and sea right on our back doorstep. It's amazing. I know. I'm, I, I wake up to it every day. So oh. it's a. Uh, oh, yeah, you're Massive, yeah. yeah. And like sometimes we just, you know, slap ourselves like this is. Yeah, like, it's we're very stunning lucky down to, there. To, to it's have ridiculous. This. The water is just so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's uh, going to become, you know, you see people coming over from even Melbourne and you know, like, wow, like, mm. this, is, this is down here. And so much cool food and white, food stuff, especially in the Vale, like there's a mm. lot happening. I'm so biased. I yeah. try not um, harp on about how good one region is, but yeah. seriously, <laughs> the Fleuries and McLaren Vale, is, I reckon it's one of oh, the best. Oh, but then like Claire's amazing. Like, there, I mean, there's, there's so much cool stuff happening everywhere, right? Yeah, there is, yeah. I've never been to Coonawarra, so I'm excited. Really? For that. I haven't been. Not pro- that we'll probably we won't really. No, see we will. We'll go up Friday now. So okay, my family have a drive. is down there, so where they um they've got uh, vineyards and oh, really? cattle as well. So yeah, maybe cool. we can show you the farm. That'd be cool. And limestone yeah, coast stuff happening. You've got mm-hmm. cool wineries popping up in Mount Gambier. Got good intentions yeah. and mm. some really yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, we've got their wine there. on our oh, chef yeah? actually. They do really incredible wine. Yeah, Andrew's a legend. Mm. Cool stuff. They're tasty. They're quite a – you wouldn't expect such a unique wine to come from no. down that way. So We went to a um, – something at uh, the Fringe, but they were talking about uh, natural wine stuff at the Riverland area. And Gambia is kind of the same, right? Like it's just mm. it, people in South Australia that, you know, know wine. Oh, nothing's going to come from Mount Gambia. Nothing good's going to come from the mm. Riverland, but there's heaps of opportunities yeah. out there. I think also because it's those regions that are um, that not convenient hour out of the city, yeah. people just don't know much about it. So, you know, it's hard to get to go past the Brossera and Inclair that's two hours out because, mm. you know, it's going four hour drive or four and a half hours to Mount Gambia yeah. to tr- maybe try some wine. Like, I don't know. It's not a day trip, is it? No, but these guys, are, I mean, I think initially they just couldn't get their wine in locally because people are buying it, you know, Sydney, Melbourne and, mm. and overseas. So like a lot of uh, natural winemakers at the start. Yeah, yeah very, very much so. Very hipster. Yes, very hipster. Yeah, we're, we're up at um, uh, Aristologist on Monday, actually. But so that's cool. So they host a lot of sort of interstate uh, restaurants to come over and sort of do swaps. And that, that whole concept is mm. quite interesting. Mm. Is that something you, you've ever thought about doing? Or? Um, I think because we're – yes, short answer. Mm. Long answer, I guess, is um, – you know, we're very small yeah. and we're inside a big space. So, you know, I think we would love to pop up. Um, we'd love to host people here, but we sort of are a little bit um, tied to what we can and can't do within our space a yeah. little bit. Um, but certainly open to, you know, I've um, done pop-up events all around Adelaide for a long time now. Mm. So anything like that is always a lot of fun um, and generally a lot of wine is involved which is pretty good um but yeah yes. we've got a few connections in melbourne and sydney so and perth there's a perth has actually got a little bit of a similar vibe to adelaide in some of its sort of mid-range restaurants like okay. what we've got going on um and small bars yeah um a really interesting bartender scene as well so maybe we've done i've done a bit of work over there but maybe we could look at going back over there mm. taylor knows a few people around yeah perth and margaret river yeah okay. beautiful areas yeah but yeah, nothing's on the cards as of yet. Do you think uh, it's a good in Adelaide now? Like the the time is right for you know for young people to go out there and, and have a crack and, and do something like what you guys have jumped into. Yes and no. I think 
I think I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, take advantage of a Renew Adelaide space per se. And I think you need to do a little bit more planning than to just, you know, open up your life dream. Yeah. You know, I think commercial realities that sit in. Absolutely. It's really like it's a, it is a labor of love. And I truly mean that. Like, I love that this is um, a space that we've created. And I am really proud of what we're doing and what we want to be. Um, But I do know that I wouldn't have been able to do it without doing something that was less what I dreamed to do for three years before. Um, And it's still like an ongoing process and you really have to commit fully to it. I think a lot of people just want to kind of do it for a year or two and I would maybe advise not doing that. If you are going to do that, maybe look at doing like little pop-ups or markets or something because that's pretty rewarding as well. From like a startup perspective and especially like, you know, instead of the tech world where we work a lot is that's what we advise, right? Like if if you're going to start a a software business, an app business, like you're not going to go and get two hundred thousand dollars and build this you know you, you want to start small build something yeah. small you know, start a facebook group maybe you know just like test the waters and sort yeah. of go as far as you can and then take that next step that's yeah. kind of an organic process right yeah i think this place kind of worked a little bit like that but maybe it's a bit un- it's a bit different because we're already really well i was already really here a lot yeah. so it made a lot of sense to be within plant four um and to put the business here um and in some ways that made it a little bit easier because we already had a strong catering side. So there was, I don't know, I mean, I'd be really scared to start off without any income coming in. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's really brave. Like, you have to get everything pretty right from the start. And I know a lot of businesses really struggle yeah. and don't even make a year. So I think we'll definitely make a year. Thank God. <laughs> you have a job, Taylor. Thanks. <laughs> um, but no, I feel pretty... Uh, confident that you know we're putting it we, we probably could have compromised to make more money early on but yeah. I think what we've done by not compromising on some things um, in the long run will actually make us a bit different and we're not a fad hopefully yeah. Yeah. and we're It'll just definitely pay off I think yeah and we're still like constantly having conversations about like oh if we start doing this now in a year's time like it'll be exactly yeah what we want it to be in terms of you know building the community up and that sort of thing. But that's kind yeah. of the long game as so well. And I feel like Adelaide, process. especially in the restaurant and sort of uh, food scene is a little bit, you know, there's a lot of hype that comes mm. out with something new and then, you know, people go, wow, something new and then they sort of fall off. So playing to, I suppose, a, you know, a group, a, a demographic a group of people that are going to come back and keep coming back for, you know, who you are and what you're about as opposed to just being like, you know, the new mm. And that consistency pan. is like yeah. so important. Like we need to be doing great things for when people come back and that could take six months for someone to come Mm. back you know there's a lot of places for people to check out yeah just because you have something on your mind you know it might take you a year to get there Mm. so you know it's all about telling that story and keeping it consistent and good um no matter what else is going on actually i think sticking to your guns and you know and all and being open to making changes at the same time. But, you know, if you're, if you're trying something a bit new, like for us, we're doing only in filter coffee. Okay. Um, there's a million reasons why. But most of all, we actually just prefer the taste and, yeah. and it's a lot less wasteful. So for us, you know, it's a, like a daily expla- explanation to a new customer. Oh, sorry, we actually do coffee differently. We yeah. don't filter, we don't do espresso, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, then they kind of try it and then they'll come back and have it again or you know so for us that's something that that was a choice early on 
that we've kind of had to stick to. And then there's been some things that we've changed. But yeah, I agree with Taylor. Consistency is if you're starting out and doing something new, try your best just to like be remember why you did Stick that at to the your start. Guns. Mm. So, so how, how are those conversations with people that, I don't know, implant for for whatever reason that, you know, maybe aren't uh, so kind of hip to what you're doing and they're like, right, so uh, yeah, I'd like an espresso or we don't have espresso yeah. or I'd like, a, you know, bacon and eggs. We don't have, so yeah. how, what's the conversation with those people who sort of aren't converts already? I think for people that really, for the coffee thing's easy because yeah. – we're more than happy for you to bring in a coffee. Cool. If you like really, there's every there's other like business five in other shops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally, we're the only ones that don't, like literally everyone does. So, so Some just, people do act like it's the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that they have to go maybe next door or, you know, there's always difficult people to deal with. But most people we've actually, well, I found um, are generally open to trying something they haven't tried and it does like you said pay off like you know people now come back consistently and go like oh I'll grab a filter coffee I'll grab Mm. this because they know they've tried they might realize that it's you know actually great and you just have to get people to try it that first Mm. time Um, or if you really got your heart set on a large hot flat white which is the most common desperate for a coffee yeah, type yeah. person um you know <laughs> they'll still hot, order hot. our food yeah extra hot <laughs> they'll still have our food and then get a, um, a coffee from somewhere else and yeah. like we're totally cool with that i'm not gonna make you have something you don't want yeah. but if you still want to eat our food yeah that's for sure what bring we're in. about um is i think the food yeah so, so i suppose it's a big communal space here yeah. Yeah. Even, even, like even with the food if it is, is do you think there's because you don't want to force p- things down people's throat, but you also want to say like, "Hey, just you know, try something yeah, different." See that's if, really see if you're important. Like it. Yeah, I think the whole ethos at the start for me, I don't like. I'm always really conscious of um, talking about being trying to be sustainable and yeah, waste yeah. free because we try our best, and there's there's always room to improve as well. But I'm I really dislike when I feel preached preached to. Yeah. So yeah, we absolutely. try, and it's it's like you you're accidentally doing that by coming here we're not at all interested in um trying to make you have like a sprouted lentil patty like our food is proper food real food that is real food too but um you know (laughs) you know it's familiar and it's just an accident that you happen to be having chickpeas that are growing in our state you know and really beautiful like locally caught on a rod fish like you know that's the whole idea the ethos is sort of what drives you guys as opposed to it being a, a marketing spin of like yeah, sustainability. Oh, yeah. or whatever. I also yeah. just, just, I think the more you try, I think I'm really trying to choose my words carefully here, but <laughs> I do think that, um, you know, if you're going to tell people about what they can and can't eat in terms yeah. of types of milk or, um, you know, meat, dairy, meat, meat protein, whatever, sure. I just think you're opening yourself up to being quite aggressive. And I think if you just... Um, you know, if you've got particular lifestyle choices, you go to particular venues. And I think if you come to our venue and you are like a staunch vegan, we can definitely feed you and look after you. If you are a staunch meat eater, we can definitely feed you and look yes. after you. And then that person we're hoping to try and convert into making some better choices later on, but yeah. without telling them. You have to you know? be adaptable to the customer as well. I feel like I go to so many places now and people say like oh no you have to have it this way you can't make a change to this dish you can't do this Mm. and it's like you have to be able to do that um because those people are the ones who will appreciate the meal 10 times more and then they come back and they bring all their friends totally and you know we've had some weird requests for meals as you always do and unless we're like flat out with 25 dockets like 
most of the time you can do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, we are in a day and age where people have different like legit dietary requirements yep. and stuff and you have to be adaptable to that. Not everyone eats in one certain way. So adapting to those people, slightly like educating mm. them at the same time, yeah. surprising them when they eat something that they didn't think was going to be amazing and like those are the people who will become regular loyal mm. customers and, that, and that's i think talking about i suppose you know like an english pub like you have, having had worked in one like there was this kind of you know like the locals were the, the locals were the locals and they got what they wanted yeah. right? if they wanted yeah. something different we'd go out of our way to make that happen right because yeah, totally. they're, they're part of they're, they're, they're part of the furniture we had a customer that would only want he used to call them the tit bits yeah. like just the burnt bits from the pan on roast day <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he like everyone wants those bits like as staff you just want to pick at them yeah. and he would just get them in a, with a, just a bowl of gravy and so like drunken yeah. like old man food but yeah he he always got what he wanted nice. <laughs> and he spent he had a like a Foster's in a Cronenberg cup as well. Like it was just, everything was just like different for him. With a top? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't know that much about beer and modern pubs, but uh, there's no. still some good stuff around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. So what's uh, what's uh, coming up? Tasting Australia, what else is uh, in the works at the moment for you? Um, well, Tasting Australia is the biggest thing. That's our biggest hurdle over the next three weeks, I guess, to get through. Yeah, it's um, really crept up, hasn't it's it? It's really crept up. It's years basically over. Yeah, it does <laughs> feel like that. Um, and then, you know, um, Easter, I'm kind of secretly going away and then we'll come back into it um, for winter and we've got a bunch of workshops lined up so we've got some more seasonal preserving. Um, and then long-term goal, I guess we're really open to um, doing some – any sort of collaborations with people in like-minded spaces, particularly okay. for workshops. So um, cool. we've been on the cards for a little while, but we haven't quite got there with it, just some beeswax wraps classes and things like that. But I would like to grow the preserving workshops a bit more and maybe do a bit more of a um, mm. longer all-day sort of – Yeah, that would be more fun. like. And you can kind of break out into the space here as well. Yeah, yeah, particularly, yeah. I mean, right now, as you can see, so the markets at Plant 4 are only on Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays. A lot of people think that they're on all the time, but they're actually not. So there's permanent stalls here too that are open throughout the week. Um, and so Sundays is one of our best days for coming here because it's actually a lot more chilled and the food's like really perfect for Sunday food for, yeah. like, from all of the stalls. So there's a few less stalls, less of the pop-up stalls. Um, yeah, it's just and more like chill. tables and yeah, okay. more people just chilling out just rather just than like out. getting in and out yeah. to have yeah, food. It's pretty, like pretty frenetic day. on like a Friday night. Like yeah, yeah, it can I, be overwhelming. Yeah. Like we're like, you know, in our own little um, space here, we're lucky that we have seating as part mm. of the shop um so people like to come and chill and eat and drink wine um but out there it can be a bit hectic at time which is great though it's busy which is what we want um but sunday has that chill vibe it's, it's the, really good yeah probably our best day and um coming up we're going to do more workshops sunday afternoon too yeah which people love the really sunday good. Arvo time slot i think it's like a fun weekend thing but doesn't take up like your whole day. So mm. not that it's much of a commitment. Home for dinner. So nice for people that, I mean, especially people that live in sort of, you know, walking distance better come down and have this space to sort of just hang out in mm, and have yeah. sort of a lazy A lot of people Sunday. do. There's yeah. Mondays and Tuesdays, this place is full of mother's groups. Okay. And they don't like buy mothers. anything. So they just kind of hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's really nice. Like I, I really like that the owners 
don't Support discourage that, that yeah. really, because it's nice to have them here. And people need to like want to come here and hang out, like no matter what time. There's not and then many that's spaces how you build like that anymore. Like, obviously, no, like open really. parks and things like that. But yeah. there's not that many spaces where people can just sort of get together. Mm, and no, of, unless you want to like hang out like in a like a, yeah food court of a shopping center or something. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like a Nobody much, much, much nicer version <laughs> of that. <laughs> 16 year olds maybe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thanks so much for uh, for chatting it's exciting to see uh, what's going to happen uh, in the next couple of months and in the future yes thank you so thank much for you. having us it's actually it's awesome sitting here like it's it's crazy how like i think we came a couple of weeks after you open but how much a space kind of just takes on its own vibe right mm, like it's, it's yeah. really good at, like, i was thinking about now. the time you guys came in for dinner that mm. was like our third week yeah and that was how different night. it was then to yeah. how it is now like how well it was still you know yeah. still similar things mm. but um we've just been able to got into your groove or yeah really yeah. like put more that stuff on our menu that we wanted to that just took a bit of extra time to like develop and cool um but yeah the space is the space is probably a bit cozier now yeah i really like wall. sitting in here i never get sick of i like nice i really want the space to have every t- every spot not being be a, a crap spot. spot. Yeah. You know, there's always yeah. a crap table. Yeah, yeah. I, I could quite happily sit at any spot and I do move around doing my emails sometimes and I do like having a glass of wine no matter where I sit in here. I just yeah. think it's, you know, you're part of the bigger communal space but we've got our own Tucked little away. energy. Yes. Yeah. Just kind of doing our own thing. Hide out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we can nice. watch people. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Jesse. Thanks, thanks, Taylor. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.